Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Wow, we've been in this series. Uh, This is the second week of the Spirit Lead Me series, week two of four. And we're just looking uh, through the uh, book of Galatians, uh, specifically in chapter five. The Apostle Paul talks about what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we'll jump into our key text today, which is found uh, in Galatians 5, 16 to 21. And it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, I'm running out of fingers, quarreling, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, I'm counting on my toes. Selfish ambition, dissension, you can't see it, I have 13. Division, (laughs) I lost my point. Wild parties, drunkenness, and other sins like these, as if you need more examples. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's interesting to note that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a church. It wasn't to a bunch of unbelievers, it was to a church, to a gathering of believers, people who maybe would have nowadays called themselves Christians, they were uh, disciples. Now, the term today, Christian, is a fairly broad term. It's used to uh, describe mm, maybe a, a pretty broad category of people. The, uh, the old joke, I, I don't know if it's actually that funny, but it's got some truth, so that's kind of funny, is that... I was a Christian for most of my life until I got saved. Our church helps Christians be saved. There is a form of discipleship, a form of uh, following God, uh, of Christianity today, that is not really um, discipleship. It's this uh, overindulgence of sin in the name of grace. So we can, uh, we can live our lives and try to, um, try to do good. You know, we're going we're gonna to do our best and we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Uh, I'm not as crazy as that person, but uh, generally I, I do more good than bad. And on a given week, if I do more than good, then I'm a little bit closer to, you know, ending up in the good place rather than going to the bad place. And I think, you know, generally I'm a a pretty good person, and if you screw up, if you mess up, God's grace will cover you, and he will hear my heart, Um, but it's this overindulgence in sin in the name of grace. There's also um, this sort of shallow approach to the gospel where there's no real commitment or uh, conviction. Um, We just sort of follow ourselves, and there's nothing deep inside of us that causes us to be different than anyone else who wouldn't maybe call themselves a Christian. Um, Messages of submitting, sacrifice, and surrender just kill the buzz. Like, it's it's not really cool. It's not really in. It's not really my scene. Let's talk about the goodness of God. Sing sing me uh, Waymaker. Let me hear about how God's going to move in my life. Let me hear about how I got this big plan for God, and here's where I kind of just need you to sort of um, help me navigate this, God, and could you just open that door? And meanwhile, we're kind of taking our plans and attaching God to it instead of saying, God, you lead me where you want me to be. There's this uh, other uh, concept of it's, it's legalism, it's behavior, it's religion. It's an outward appearance of looking godly, but internally there's... Uh, there's no salvation. Um, Jesus called these people 
You see, nothing's new under the sun, Solomon said. Everything we see today has been around for thousands of years since the beginning of time. Jesus called these people whitewashed tombs. If you're not familiar with whitewashing, I guess you just go on social media, everything's whitewashed these days, right? This was a paint used uh, for many, many centuries, and, and they would whitewash the tombs or the mausoleums of people in a graveyard. And out, outside, you see it, it's bright and the light reflects off it, and they look really, really beautiful, brand new, fresh coat of paint, and you can still smell it. But on the inside, it's stingy death and darkness and decay and old bones. There's death on the inside, but outside, it looks great. It looks put together. John MacArthur, a pastor, said one of the most dangerous things is having profession without possession. Profession, I'm a Christian. I can't believe I told someone that. I think I get extra points just for, you know, acknowledging that, that I go to church once in a while. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, what do I say next? Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't really know much about the, the, the gospel and stuff. And, oh, you said, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure God will just uh, cover that. You don't really have to worry about too much of that. That is not the gospel right. of Jesus. Right. Let me say this too. The, if you're asking yourself whether it's out loud or in your own spirit, in your own mind, I identify with a lot of this um, kind of lifestyle that maybe I'm, I guess I call myself a Christian, but I, I don't know if I can think of, you know, the evidence or the, or the fruit of that, how it would play out in my life. And I kind of, let me just say, when we have that awareness, that comes from God. When, we, when we're realizing that we might not be saved, I think that's a very healthy question to ask ourselves if we're at a point in our lives and we're hearing the scripture, we're hearing the word of God, we're hearing conviction, and I'm saying to myself, I don't know if I'm actually saved. Let me say that that is an exciting and honest and challenging question to ask ourselves from time to time. You see, the, uh, the life of a true disciple of Jesus, the life of a, a follower of God, has this deep internal, ongoing awareness of our brokenness. You see, we don't need God necessarily until we realize, I need God. That's where we need to live our lives from a place of this ongoing brokenness that we realize that I'm not in control. I can't figure all this stuff out. I, I, I need help. I need someone bigger than the circumstances bigger than the world. How about the creator of the universe? Not the universe. How about the creator of it that created the heavens of the earth and created us? Don't you think he has an idea and a plan that's going to be good for our lives? So the gospel of Jesus commands repentance. There is this internal change in our lives that causes us to go from walking, you know, in my daily routine, in my life, led by self, some sinful desires, and I don't usually walk like this. I'm just trying to <laughs> slow down my steps a little bit. But we stop. I can't do it anymore on my own. I'm tired of professing that I'm a Christian without actually being saved. I go to church, and I kind of get what's in it for me, and I feel the blessings of God, and sometimes I, I get the goosies. I, I, I sort of feel the, the, the spiritual oneness with God, creator, but there's no real fruit. There's no real internal change in our lives, and we repent. We turn, and we go the other direction. The key difference to the gospel of Jesus is that there is a deep internal change and transformation there's no such thing as a casual Christian. There's no such thing as a casual Christian. The gospel of Jesus is pretty intense. It means that we have to die to ourselves in our weakness. We're made strong, that we have a helper through the Holy Spirit. Like, there's some significant stuff. Jesus himself said that people would be offended by the gospel. And guess what? People are more offended now than ever. 
Jesus said, are you going to leave too? Like, are, are, does this offend you? You know, we, we, we water down the gospel to something that is not what Jesus is intending for our lives, that it just becomes this set of, uh, you know, practices and, and, and rules that we kind of keep. And then, you know, oh, where are, the, where are the lings off to? Oh, they're off to church on Sunday. And, oh, their ch- children are well-behaved. And that's cute. They still wear a bow tie. And, you know, they look all prim and proper. They don't, we don't do that. I mean, we did. There was a season where we were very invested in the bow ties and making the children look good and suspenders, but since we've had some transformation. But there's not a, a, a picking up of all these different things and, and kind of a, a, an outward appearance of being godly. There's a deep transformation that God does in a believer's life, and it's evidenced in Scripture where people are going one way and they have this dramatic experience, and not every you know encounter with uh, God is, is going to be the same for everyone, but... There's this ultimate deep um, self-reflection that happens where, they, where, where you'll realize, like, I'm reading Scripture and God is revealing these things to me. What if it's true? What if it is true that in a way that I maybe I won't fully understand and the head knowledge only gets us so far, but if by faith, through grace, through the grace of Jesus Christ, that I can be saved, that I can inherit the kingdom of God and live eternally with Him. How do you think that should change the way we live today and in the future. I know my priorities have changed than you know, three or four or five years ago. Things are a little uh, different than when I was formerly led by self. Now there's the uh, obedience to the scripture. You know, there's more challenges in our life sometimes. Again, the gospel is a little bit offensive to people, but there's a plumb line that we have. There's a, a, a guide to how to live our lives that is so practical. And it's just, it's this book. It's the Bible. And it doesn't get old. Every week we hear our pastor say, when's the last time you read your Bible? Have you read your Bible? Because it's in here. The answers are all really here. We're just repeating what God said. There's nothing new under the sun. You're with me today? I thought the repentance thing, I saw one or two people leave, but I think they're coming back. It was just a pee break. <laughs> so up until this point, we're led by self, okay? Then uh, in a believer's life, you're, you're saved. You say, God, I need you in my life. I recognize I can't do it myself. That the, this sin nature, I, I recognize, and I want to turn from it, God. I don't know exactly what it is, but I just believe in that you know for me what it is that you want for my life, and I'm just going to start walking with you. It begins in a relationship with Jesus and salvation. We'll go back to the uh, text here in Galatians 5.19. We're going to find out the results of what happens up until this point living by self. And know that we've, we're, we're all here. All have fallen short uh, of the glory of God. But we've all been here, I should say. There is a, a next step that we're going to talk about today. So it says, when you follow desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other songs like these songs. It's not a kid's song. I, when it started like rhyming in my head, but it's not a children's song. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds kind of offensive. I'm kind of offended about that. You're saying that even though I am kind of part of a church that, uh, sure, I have a little bit to drink on. Uh, okay, fine. I have a, maybe more than I should. Okay, fine. I'm drunk on the weekend. Um, or uh, a wild party. Well, it did get pretty wild and technically any gathering other than with your family right now. So I think we're all guilty of wild parties right now. If you're not following the restrictions, which we encourage you to follow the law in AHS and all that other stuff um, and do this together. Um, Holy Spirit, help us. But you can see that there, there's this, um, we can't be perfect. We're, we're not um, a, achieving perfection. So there's a couple things that, for me, when I, I read this, this word, and we talked about this last week with Pastor Ryan, the sinful nature is the word sarks in the Greek. It means uh, the self, the flesh, the desires of our sin nature, the desires of our human nature. One way to describe it is that uh, it's earthly human nature apart from divine influence, 
therefore prone to sin and opposed to God. So our sinful nature is opposed to God. First question for me is, what is the kingdom of God? You're saying that there's a chance I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God, but I know there was a season in my life where drunkenness was, uh, you know, every other day type thing. Uh, dissension and quarreling, hostility, sorcery. I, I took part in that. Does that mean I won't inherit the kingdom of God? Well, no. That's not what the scripture is saying here. The, the, the scripture is saying this doesn't preclude you from inheriting the kingdom of God, but it does say that the consistency of this in your life is a result of what's happening on the inside. So if I am consistently engaging in these behaviors and kind of feeling bad about it, sort of feeling a little bit sorry for myself and everybody does it and it's been a tough season and I'm working hard and I've got bills, man, I just need to you know, let go of some stress. I gotta have a wild party or some drunkenness, or I can look at that thing. It's you know, it's just between you know me and nobody else really knows about it. Clearly, and the the, the uh, let me say this: the Bible does not support that a true follower of Jesus can unrepentantly and continually engage in sin. You cannot profess and possess salvation, be a follower of Jesus if you're consistently engaging that behavior because there's something different when you have a, a genuine encounter with the living God and you say, yes, I'm going to repent and turn from my sin and follow you. There becomes this, um, it's like oil and water. We have the Holy Spirit living in us now. So that pushes out, should have done a better sound effect, Holy Spirit, sinful nature, pushes out sinful nature. Now, yes, in an instant, that's great, but guess what happens? Self comes back. Hmm. It's a daily thing. Constantly and continually. The Holy Spirit, however, is stronger. So it's the Holy Spirit now. Uh, Paul says that our bodies are, are temples of the Holy Spirit. So God resides in us, and though our sinful nature will try to creep up and come back in and try to take back the controls, the sinful nature pounds it out. The second thing I want to touch on is this. If we go back to the Scripture, it says that... Um, it says, uh, uh, the other one, sorry, where we're going to the kingdom of God, 519 to 21, it says, let me tell you as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, Jesus said when he was here on earth that it's in your midst. He said that to the followers. He said, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is Jesus. It's Christ's kingdom. He sits on the throne. So there's this sort of duality, a double sort of meaning in the scripture that points to both a present reality of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as well as a future consummation. We were at a, uh, we took part in a marriage conference yesterday, and there was these, uh, these videos of these, um, these, these guys waiting for their brides, and uh, they would walk out, and then they'd turn, and they'd look at their bride, and they'd just start crying, right? They'd look at their beautiful bride, and, and just so excitement, and, and just such joy that they're, you know, going to take this next step in this journey together, and they would just have these tears, and so I had to turn off the Zoom video, and I just maybe had a tear or two as I watched and looked at this, and I was just reminded that this future consummation, that's the idea of when two become one, that there's a, a joining, a consummation of marriage that takes place, that Jesus 
is coming back for his bride. Jesus looks at his bride, the gathering of believers, the church, and says, I'm coming back. And when I look at you, I'm going to say, wow, I can't wait. So the kingdom of God is partially now and fully in the future. Second question I have is it says um, that, uh, well, I, 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 I've committed some of this stuff in the past. Again, it's that consistency in the sin that shows us on the inside whether or not we're enslaved to sin or we're led by the Holy Spirit. Paul uh, talks about this uh, struggle where he says, you know, I, I try to do right. I try to do what I want to uh, do is right, but I can't. Um, instead, I, I do what I don't want to do. Um, he says there's another power at work within him. So it's not me. It's sin in me that's doing that. He's talking about this self, about the sarks, the sinful nature, and this battle that continues to war with our minds. Now, I can be empathetic to Paul's words here. He says, what a miserable person I am. Joel does a really good impression of Paul if you ever get the chance. <laughs> what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life of sin and death? He does it even better. You have to ask him. <laughs> you see, I get it because that was me. The Christians who need to be saved, that was me. I professed to have a relationship with God, be a Christian, but I was very far from God. Now, I love, my family loves the local church because God uses people. I don't know if anyone, you know, saved has said, yeah, God showed up and he was like, boom, you should get saved. And I was like, cool, God. And then, like, then that's how my journey started. No, it happens through people. And yes, okay, Paul, I hear somebody saying, well, Paul actually, or Saul, and yeah, conversion. Okay, he, sure, he saw Jesus. But you see what I'm saying is that God uses people. God uses the church. God uses his church, the gathering of believers, yeah. so that we can grow in our walk with God and have genuine uh, salvation. So Christian, they need to be saved for a long time. Thank God, Love City Church started. We were um, kind of attending a previous church and, you know, kind of doing the church thing or whatever, wearing the, you know, the hats and kind of doing the walk. That was our old church walk. We just have to bottle your head a little bit. <laughs> you guys going to do Waymaker today? <laughs> Waymaker, you're a miracle worker, God. You're going to give me more finances, Lord. You're going to give me more power and control at my work, God. No, that's about what you're getting, not serving Jesus. So we came to Love City, and thank God. I mean, we just had an absolute move of God in our lives. We, we, we repented. We were going this way. <laughs> we stopped, and we turned the other way, right? Now we're going this way. Now we're like, wow, we're kind of... Something's changing. Something's moving in my life. I'm in step, I think, with the Holy Spirit. And there's things in life that God's kind of identifying. And, oh, man, I got to tell my wife about this thing. And, oh, man, I got to talk to other people about this stuff that I was kind of just trying to sweep under the rug because the last church, we didn't really have to talk about that stuff. And now they're wanting me to confess my sin to one another and pray for each other. Well, I don't like praying out loud. And, and, and then they say that when we worship, that God commands us to raise our hands and worship. But I got a coffee in one hand, and I want to play Brick Breaker at the time. Um, on the other, and, and, and I don't, you know, I kind of want to engage with God on my own terms and when I'm most comfortable. And it's this, again, shallow, not real relationship with Jesus that isn't the gospel. Now, thank God we had the church, we had pastors, we had partnership, we had accountability, we had gatherings, we had worship. Sunday morning, we read the scriptures, and I was just being blown away reading this very Bible. My mom got me many years ago, and it sat for, I don't know, uh, probably 15 years, right? And then you move, and you find, oh, a Bible. 
Okay, perfect. Well, let's, we'll, we'll put that somewhere. But I actually, I found out there are quite a few words in here. Like, there's all sorts of crazy stories, and you know what I did? I started waking up a little bit earlier. I made a decision that I wasn't going to live like this anymore. I started to read the Word of God. Sipping a coffee and talking about how drunkards won't inherit the kingdom of God. I said, that's that's kind of uh, unfortunate. We might have to do a little whiteout or something because, God, I kind of like to drink. And I think you're a pretty good God, right? So how do we kind of make this work? (laughs) Maybe what if I just have, I'll just say two drinks, and it's only going to be on weekends, no drinking during the day. Well, how does that go, right? Not great. <laughs> you, you too, what, what's your problem, right? So we, uh, we slowly, you know, God's so good, he doesn't do it all at once, right? If we were confronted and, and, and all of our sin exposed at once, <laughs> I think we would die. Because we would realize the depravity of our life and our sinful nature. And we'd be like, I don't want to exist if that's what brokenness and, and humanity looks like. Who will free me from this miserable life dominated by sin and death? The answer alone is in Christ Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus es el Señor in Spanish. Jesus es el Señor. Jesus is Lord. It's through faith alone in Jesus Christ that we are saved. We repent of sin. We were water baptized in the church. If you haven't been water baptized, you need to do it. The Bible commands us to. It doesn't suggest whether or not there's a global pandemic happening or whether or not you don't really like water. There's nothing super spiritual about the water. But there is something that breaks off. The Bible says, we're, okay, God, we, we, we received the Holy Spirit. Now what do we do? Well, um, I guess we uh, get water baptized. That's what the Bible says. And there's this preceding, I, I think in most cases of, the Holy Spirit coming and filling, and then the action is, now I make a public profession of my faith. Now I, by doing something as crazy as getting under the water, dying to the sin and death and decay, and then being pulled back up out of the water and new life aligned with Jesus Christ, that um, has a very special, I think, meaning to God because... It's like God looking down at his church and saying, somebody's willing to get their whole body wet and share a bit of their testimony about how God worked a mighty way in their life and how there's still this struggle, but there's just this freedom in Jesus. And I just think he looks at it and thinks, hmm, that's, that's a follower of Jesus. That's a disciple of Jesus when you're willing to do something that to the world seems foolish, especially if it's, you know, a cool day. And in any case... Contact us and we'll get you water baptized. It'd be awesome. Because there was something uh, that happened in that uh, season of our lives, filling of the Holy Spirit and water baptism, that there now became that uh, realization or this increased sensitivity of sin in our lives that when we engaged in a behavior that we kind of knew wasn't godly and wasn't of him, that that there was this like awkwardness. It's just kind of like a grinding, you know, it just didn't fit into the life that God had now called us to. So it was this awkward sort of, I I want to do this. We were still having this battle, this uh, war with our minds about sin because we are born in a sin nature. Like, you know, uh, from the get-go, right? What's the first word? Mine, and you, you, you're a baby, and it's all about me, and there's just like this selfishness. Not to hate too much on, you know, I'm not, kids, take it easy, okay? <laughs> Aiden, relax, sit down. I love your hair, by the way, you sharp young man. 
So good. You see, uh, the, the battle and the, the war with our minds is now an ongoing daily thing in our lives, but because we have the Holy Spirit as our helper, that we don't want to engage in these behaviors anymore because one by one, God's just like, I know you used to do that. It's actually not for you anymore. Because right. Right. I bought you. Yeah. I purchased mm-hmm. you. And I paid a price right. by sending my one and only son for you. Right. And you're what? <coughs> Frittering away for a few seconds of selfish enjoyment. Shouldn't that give us a bit of a pause? Does that give you a bit of a, hmm. Galatians 5, 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Living these desires the Spirit gives us, way better than living here. Death, decay, frustration, division, Envy, drunkenness, sorcery, idolatry, not inheriting the kingdom of God, both here and then. (laughs) Gives us desires. God is giving you the desire and the power through the Holy Spirit to do what pleases Him. Now... Instead of having a bunch of drinks on the weekend, I actually realized in this season of prayer and fasting that this just wasn't for me. So for me, drinking was a huge thing, right? So I just, prayer and fasting, give it up for a month. Life's better. Wow, this is great. I'm starting to walk in the spirit, read the words. This is cool. Okay, thank you. Two months. Okay, good. Now I'm kind of thinking, okay, so now how do I kind of control this so I can still, you know, engage in it? but have um, some boundaries around it. That's what, hey, boundaries, that's, that's important. Dr. Henry Cloud, I, it's his book, Boundaries, and I just need to have a, a boundary on the, uh, the, the relationship to, to drinking. And I tried to make a way, nay, my sinful nature, this power within me, tried to make a way to get back in control through the power of the Holy Spirit being a part of the local church, water baptism, prayer and fasting, chains broken off because of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now our desires change and the things that we do are probably honestly a little bit simpler in many aspects but they bring great joy to our Father. The things that, in the message translation, things like the God-shaped trinkets, um, cheap sex, we trade this in. This stuff that is ultimately sin and death, we trade that for something so much better that brings glory to our Father as we live a life and step with the Spirit and do what God is calling us to do in our lives. Jesus said that we'll have life and life to the full. Abundantly, overflowing. You see, a a, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, Jesus said, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. 
Uh, so you will know the followers, the disciples of Jesus by their fruit. What sort of uh, fruit do you have in your life these days? How are uh, things really going? If you look at this list and think, ah, I kind of dabbled there, but, you know, otherwise I think I'm pretty well. Okay, yeah. Sure, okay, yeah. You know, the, the, the great thing about Jesus is um, he uses his scripture, he uses his word, and sure, we, we encourage people and we, we, we do it together, but it's the Holy Spirit that does the convicting. I don't save you. Pastor Ryan doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Jesus, uh, he's real. He's historically proven. It's not just believers in God that recognize that this man named Jesus walked the earth. There was healings. Blind men and women restored, bleeding stopped, children raised from the dead. The evidence of Jesus' life is still talked about, and our faith is based on the Word of God. Um, but it's it's real, and the the, the cool thing is we kind of get to make a choice. I think today and every day is ultimately the story of Jesus, the reality of Jesus. Are you going to believe that he was crazy and he kind of did all these wacky things and like a, a, a lamb led to the slaughter, he chose to die and he was just kind of, maybe he was just really, really off his rocker? Or what if, now don't go, you know, don't get too carried away, but just hear me out. What if? What if he's God? What if he's who he said he was? What if he's our savior? That he's God incarnate, God with flesh on. That he did that so that he could be a sacrifice for our sins. Hmm. How would that impact my life? How would that change my thought about my career, my marriage, how I raise my children, whether or not I get up 30 minutes to read his letters to me, would it become more of a priority in my life to consider the reality of God? I'll end with our final uh, text in verses 22 to 26. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And I'll read that scripture. And in my mind's eye, I, I picture taking all the sin in my life, all the lust, selfish ambitions, the idolatry, the sorcery, things of the self, the things of the flesh, the things that, oh God, I got to tell my wife about, or oh God, I got to confess this to my brother, and oh, I, I did this. I, I take all of these things and I walk to the cross of Jesus. And it says that we have nailed these desires and passions of our sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I drive the nail with the hammer, all this sin and all the baggage, all the weight and all the heaviness, all the burden, all the addiction, all the fear and anxiety, 
all the things that I wish I could have been, all the things that are unfair, all the things that, God, this wasn't the way that it was supposed to be. God, why am I waiting? This season is too long. Holy Spirit, we take all these things and we nail it to the cross of Jesus Christ through his hands and feet. I just, I believe we do that God's on the cross he, he took it all for us as we're doing this and I'm weeping with the sin and the shame and driving this nail through his feet and he looks down at you and he just says I love you I love you I love you so much did that for us. He must love us greater than we can even understand. That he would bear that sin. He would bear that burden so that we may have life and have it to the full. So, what do you want to do? pretty clear we have to make a choice we're already making one whether or not we know it right we we're just aware to whether or not we're making a choice see God uses people God uses his word to unveil the mind so that we can see the reality of Jesus Matthew 16 24 says Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That means daily, we have to die to self. We have to be led by the Spirit. We have to pick up our own cross, deny ourselves. Let the Spirit lead us daily as we step with the Holy Spirit as God guides our life. You have no obligation to sin. You have no obligation to follow the desires of your unredeemed heart, of yourself. The good news is that God loves us. God loves us so much that he gave his one and only son so that we could have eternal life with him. He didn't come into the world to judge the world. He sent his son in the world to save the world through Jesus. Where has our thinking gone astray? Where has our mindset changed so much that Christianity becomes this thing that you can be, but there's no real conviction in my life that commands are more suggestions or oh, good ideas if you can do it. Where is that repentance in our lives daily? We have to die to ourselves. We have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Struggle is continuous. Salvation is in an instant. Sanctification is forever until we're made completely um, new with Jesus forever. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says... For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. We're not trading a, a, a sin-infested life for, you know, something that's not superior. There is freedom. How many of you feel like you just can't, oh, the same struggle, the same thing, and I thought I was over this, and I'm going to go through it again, and I'm going to try again, and I'm going to go back, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have freedom when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. When we pick up our 
follow Jesus every single day. So, uh, you in? I'm one or two. I think I'm one or two people here. Are you in? You got to make a choice. You don't have to be, okay? That's the thing about God is he won't force himself upon us. He will come to us if we yield and, and know that he is constantly speaking. He is constantly moving. He is constantly inviting you into a journey in a relationship with him. The Bible says if you confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. You can start that journey today. And you know what the best part is, is um, there's no like hidden sales pitch. Because what I've just um, showed through scripture is that uh, it's not easy. It's not uh, all going to go uh, well <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, but there is an eternal glory that far outweighs any challenge, circumstance, any worldly thing that we go through when we have Jesus leading us. Um, so it's a step. It's not going to do everything right today in an instant and your whole circumstances change, but it will start a work in you that you are saved, that you will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. That's the truth. So if you, um, if you feel like that's me, you know, I've tried to uh, go my own way, let's just right now together stop, repent, Here's Jesus. He's right here. He's right here. If that's you, wherever you are, with your kids running around and the laundry everywhere and the carpets that haven't been cleaned since we moved in and dog barking and neighbors thinking you're bad for having a collar on them that beeps. It's not a shock collar vibrates at, at worst. Mostly just beeps when he barks, but that right now you can invite Jesus into your life. If that's you today, just invite him in. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus is Lord. Jesus es el Señor. Jesus is Lord. You are Lord of my life. God, I have for so long tried to do it my way. I thought I was living a Christian life. I thought I was living with God, but now I realize I am far from you. I have been serving myself, and I've been serving a trinket God, and it's all about me. Now, don't be that hard on yourself, okay? But if you recognize, I need Jesus, the Bible says you're saved. Now what? Don't go off into the indie mountains or, you know, and find, you know, God there. You know where you find God? In church, around people, the gathering of believers who are just like you and me who have had uh, a, a habitual sin in their lives and are redeemed through the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't do it alone. Do it together. Be in a community. Real hard to be a Christian. Real hard to be a follower of Jesus. To have possession, not just profession, when you're doing it on your own. And I know it's a tough season, it's challenges, all sorts of things. But as we are coming into it, as we're coming out of this season and into this next season, whatever that is, don't allow any of the excuses that you've had to hold on to how it's going to impact your future. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind and follow Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And if that's you today and you're like, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm, I'm saved. I, I invited Jesus in and I, I'm walking, I, I realize I need to walk with the Lord. Reach out. Find us online at lovecitychurch.ca and just say, hey, I, I, I think I got saved today. Don't really know what that means, but I, I just need to know I, I follow God. You're going to get in group. You're going to be around community. You're going to rub up against other people. You're going to be talking about 
your sinful nature and how you came to God, but it's all redeemed through the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. That together that there is freedom because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So make that next step today. I, I encourage you to do that. Don't let it be a one and done and, oh, that was really good. And then, because you know what's going to happen? Because then tomorrow, you're going to kind of forget about it. And then Tuesday comes, and then Wednesday comes, and you're like, oh, I thought Sunday was going to be different because I was really feeling good about things. I was really feeling good about God in my life. And I kind of fell, and I did that thing that I've been trying not to do so long. So you're trying to do it by yourself. It's really hard to do that. So um, I just encourage you to take that next step. If you have, um, let's just pray. Father God, you're so good. Um, we love you so much. We just thank you, God, that regardless of our sin, regardless of the things that we've done, the wild parties and drunkenness and cheap sex and godless trinkets, God, you love us. You, you, you know that, God, it was going to take me 30 years to realize that I needed God. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come for those that have maybe professed but never possessed, Lord. They said that they're Christian, but they're far from God. I just pray, Lord, for those people that have made that decision today, that your Holy Spirit would just come and rest on them, Lord. That they would just feel the peace, the presence right now of Jesus Christ. They would know that this is the, this is the next step. That so much of their life, their life truly starts today. And forever we get eternity with you. Help us to do it together, God. Help us to do it together as a body of believers, God. That is the church. It's not a building, certainly. We get to do it together as we're led by the Holy Spirit. Amen, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.